0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tech Talk, a show where Amit and I talk about various technology-related topics. Uh, This week, we're going to talk about a topic which is titled biotech. Biotech is a very interesting subject, but often overlooked, in my experience at least. Uh, We often underestimate how powerful biotech is. Uh, When technology is combined with anything biological, that's well from from the name we can kind of figure out that's what biotech is but when when we think about biology we think very um well i don't know what you guys think but i don't think about the vast array of all the things that are available within biology it's not just farming it's medicine and it's you know starting from genetics to even farming is quite powerful because that may, may you know uh, that makes available all the food that we eat. So yeah, I think biotech is a very powerful topic and it's important for us to be aware of all the different um, facets of biotech that are making our lives as easy as it is today. So that's why we thought it would be a good idea for our audience to to sort of listen to biotech as a topic and uh, for us to share some, some of the information that we know. Uh, thank you very much, Amit, for coming up with this topic. And uh, as, as I understand, I mean, I've always had a narrow view on biotech, but I think you've done some research and some uh, knowledge on this topic. So le- let's start with the topic. What What's your thought on biotech?
1: So, uh, thanks Renav, for that introduction. Yeah, I think bi- biotech is quite important, especially in today's world. Uh, we are rapidly progressing. We just had COVID. We are still recovering from it. We saw the power of mRNA vaccines that was rolled out effectively across the world. And uh, those vaccines helped uh, recover a lot of people and saving lives. So biotech has a very important role. and. Um, I thought that it's a very important topic because uh, we talk about technology, but how does technology affect our lives, uh, our, our biological lives, and how is it changing um, on a uh, on a on a day-to-day basis? So that's why I picked up the topic. And uh, when we talk about biotech, it's actually a, lo- a lot of things. It's it's a very broad topic. And uh, we'll try to cover different aspects of it. Uh, There is bioengineering, there is bioinformatics, uh, there is genetic engineering, etc., etc. So uh, biotech has all of that. So it's biology plus technology. And uh, we'll look at some of the uh, aspects of biotechnology. And it's not just uh, technology related to biology related to human beings, but biology related to plants, biology related to animals. So the three things together and then biology to uh, prevent uh, diseases and then medicines. So there are a lot of all these things that uh, encompass the biotech uh, field.
0: Yes, yes, very much so. And uh, thank you for giving us some some insight on how many different um, areas biotech uh, is sort of spread across. And one of the things I always thought is Whenever a discipline has a lot of um, conjunction or or relation with other discipline and you need interdisciplinary knowledge to to do something with it, that usually is like a breeding ground for disruptive, disruptive new technologies where, you know, it it kind of changes everything. And I feel like biotech is one of those um, areas where there is a lot of where you need a lot of interdisciplinary knowledge for example even if you want to do something even in farming right and you know you, you want to come up with a like a really modern way of farming maybe in in, in a domestic environment uh, you have like I've, I've seen some of these things where it's like a column where you know you have like various vegetables are growing in a home environment and it's it's all automated and you you just do like something every day or no you don't even have to do it every day you just put the things that are needed over a period of time and it automated uh, it it supplies that and you get fresh uh, produce for your meals every day and for these to make something like that you need mechanical engineering knowledge you need farming knowledge, you know, plant and that kind of knowledge and you need automation. So IT and uh, sort of programming knowledge, which would automate this whole thing. So, yeah, whenever there is interdisciplinary knowledge and there is a lot in biotech, for example, as you mentioned, COVID vaccine, you know, it's not just about coming you know discovering what the vaccine you know the main structure the design would be that's obviously the most important part but for that you also have to think about the logistics you know some of those vaccine needs a particular temperature to be to to preserve and then you know the the manifest mass production of those vaccines are another another discipline altogether so all of these things all of these knowledges when when it comes together then it becomes quite a powerful technology as as an output and in biotech you need different interdisciplinary knowledge I I think even more to make things happen and that is that kind of takes us forward quite a bit quite a few steps when, when we come up with something
1: Yes, definitely. And you've give, given a good example when you said there are columns and you're farming and you can do it in your home. It's basically vertical farming. And uh, how do you do that? There is something called as, uh, I think, uh, hydro hydroponics, where you actually don't need soil to grow plants. You just use water and you add all the nutrients in the water and you give artificial light. So that's how they grow a lot of food in Netherlands, where uh, they have a lot of water. They don't have a lot of... Uh, land to cultivate so they are a lot into hydroponics they're also into greenhouses so yeah i mean but uh, when we talk about biotechnology when we talk about say say let's let's start with farming and uh, crops or plants so when we talk about biotech what where are we looking at to uh, where is the biotech part in farming so one is to make the crops more uh, pest resistance So you will modify the seeds, genetically modify the seeds so they are more pest resistant. The other thing is you want to increase the yield. So you want to increase the yield of, say, a rice or a paddy or a sugarcane crop, wheat, corn, etc. So you want to increase the yield of that particular crop. The third thing could be that um, uh, I mean, you, you talked about pest and you talked about yield. The third thing could be that you just uh, uh, remove the seeds. So there are now a lot of plants which are coming with seedless types. So you don't have to have, I mean, you need seeds to produce them, but those plants will not produce seeds. So suppose you go to a, um, a Tesco, today's Tesco or Sainsbury, which is a UK grocery stores. You can buy oranges without the seeds. You can buy uh, some grapes without seeds. So they are genetically modified. So they are uh, creating a new type of crop using biotech by modifying the seed to give you a product that is more easily consumable. So that's the impact of, say, a part of biotech in uh, farming of plants.
0: Absolutely, and I love this seedless fruits. I mean, that has changed the game for me altogether. I mean, I didn't used to like oranges before until I, Came across the seedless oranges, and now I am waiting for seedless watermelons. I mean, they are more mostly seedless, but I think there's there's still a few left usually. But yeah, I, I am waiting for it to be fully seedless. For as a consumer, I would really prefer that.
1: Yes. So I mean, I mean, those are the areas in in just plants, and if you look at animals, it's the same thing. So a lot of animals are um, uh, used for animal produce or like wool, like eggs, like uh, meat, cloth, etc. And then uh, food and they're used for food as well. So you want animals to be more resistant to diseases. So you give them a lot of uh, uh, enzymes and immunotherapy, drugs, etc. Then you want them to have a lot of meat. If you are killing them for meat, then you have to ensure that they produce a lot of meat. So then you try to modify the uh, the eggs of the animals, and then you genetically modify. So that's again part of biotech, where we are trying to uh, have more meat and less of maybe brains and or whatever. Healthier,
0: healthier meat as well. So healthier, healthier,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. So and and then if you have cows, then you are thinking about milk. So then you want uh, cows to produce milk frequently, and the the cows to give more milk. And the cows' milk should be more—what um, uh, do you say—free from diseases, etc. So you want all of that. Plus, you want maybe cows to drink, eat less food, and still give more output. So you are engineering a lot of things, and that's where some of the part of, say, in the in the animal side, you are getting the biotech part. So the technology is now uh, telling. Uh, so so see, when when do cows produce milk? when they're trying to produce babies? And how do you simulate that behavior all year, all year round? So you have to use some kind of technology to make sure that the cows are producing milk uh, every, every day or uh, every month without stopping. Uh, so, so there are a lot of technology going behind that. And then it's also the uh, technology to make sure that the meat that you get is high quality and uh, disease resistance. So it should not catch any diseases through the process of uh, the meat farming or meat production. So you want to make sure all of that. So f- these are very tricky. And And when we talk about these genetically modified and other things, we are also looking at medicines. So medicines is basically influenced by these, so you have a feedback. So I, I try medicine. In, in my lab, and then I try it on an animal, and then I see the behavior, and then based on the feedback from that animal, I modify the uh, medicine again, which I again give to the animal. So there is a feedback loop, and that loop keeps going, 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 till you actually uh, deliver a good quality medicine that gives you a lot of output. Uh, the animals are healthy, and uh, they are uh, no longer sick, and they produce uh, good quality meat and uh, milk or eggs. Uh, Etc. So, so there is, uh, so there is a pharmaceutical industry involved as well, which is part again of the biotech, where where you say pharma tech, pharmaceuticals. So, vaccines is part of the pharmaceutical industry, and uh, there uh, there are other other medicines that are there. There are quite
0: fields about the like there is med tech as well, which med-tech, we talked yeah. about on other times. So, you know, to do with medicines and then pharma tech. So, yeah, the, the, the doctors who only deal with one kind of animal, <laughs> humans are are in med tech, whereas in biotech, uh, you know, you deal with all different kinds of animals. Exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, medicine is a subset of, uh, so med tech is a subset of biotech because there is biology involved and yes. then you add technology. And uh, when we think about technology, we are not just thinking about computers. Good. Technology is something that makes our life easier. That takes the human civilization a bit forward. Using it, um, so that's technology. Uh, wheels are a technology. Fire is a technology. It's not to be, uh, technology should not be confused with that. Okay, uh, computers are a technology. Smartphones are technology, but uh, wheel is not. Car is not, etc. So
0: the key is in 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 the name I T. So anything to do with computer is information technology. So to, the technology, yes. is particular to you know, giving and taking of information, yes. that you can say yes. that um, IT. But there is a lot of other technology, which is uh, you know, some of the things we are talking about today.
1: And and then in in biotech, I mean the the uh, the pinnacle of biotech is revolving around humans. How do you make humans more healthy? so the, there are a lot of things in biotech one of the things that is coming out is smart variables so you know these are variables that uh, track your heart rate they track the number of steps they track your blood oxygen levels etc so it is i mean you cannot say that it is not biotech because somehow or the other it is the, uh, taking certain biological markers measuring it and then giving it a, as an output on your smartphone or a smart watch or maybe a smart a weighing scale, a smart blood pressure monitor, etc. So these are all smart devices where the information is being collected and then it's put it in a database and then you can see the progress over a period of time and you, then you can see whether you're improving your health or whether your health is uh, reducing. So this is one way in which you are having uh, measurement of your biomarkers. Then there is another way where uh, you have these uh, machines that are small uh, technology or technological pieces or artifacts that are implanted in your body to measure certain again things. So say glucose, so glucose monitor. So you have implants in your say arm uh, and then it monitors your blood glucose level and then it shows it in the app. So you don't have to measure it again and again. I mean, of course you do have to measure it, but uh, instead of putting a needle uh, to take out the blood and then measuring the glucose, you can just put the uh, phone near you, and then it can send the signal uh, and it can tell your smartphone that, okay, this is the measure, it's going up, so you need to take some insulin. So that is another way. And there are many other implants where people are uh, uh, putting it in their bodies so that... uh, they do so like an nfc product so i have the nfc product in my hands so every time i don't have to carry my smartphone i can just tap my hand and uh, voila the payment is done so i mean i mean there are various levels and these are some of the levels that uh, i mean i just wanted to highlight for now
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are so many ways uh, biotech is making our lives better, and some of them are so uh, sort of disrupting that we are even scared, uh, you know, to adopt uh, as a mass adoption. Like, for example, what you said, a a computer chip inside your body. And, you know, a lot of people are, and including myself, are worried about the privacy and what it can do, etc. And we are particularly scared when anything is to do with directly to our body and health. But, it is possible. And, you know, I, I think in Norway or Netherlands, there are, you know, uh, there have been like quite a quite a few pilot programs that has done it already and their lives are so much better. Obviously, you know, I, I think, you know, however much you want, you don't agree with the terms and conditions and uncheck the optional boxes whenever you're registering for something, they are going to collect some data one way or another. But um, yeah, I mean, the the way it also has the potential to make your life so much better is also something to think about whether you want to do that give and take, because it is, it is amazing technology. I mean, I'm scared myself, so I'm not going to ask you guys to, to go for it. But, um, you know, if the opportunity presents itself, I would probably be cautious and do my research and probably... As long as I know that it's reversible, <laughs> I probably would want to try it myself. So yeah, there are there are many benefits. And you know, if you think of think a little bit innovative, innovatively, then you could think of many ways you could you could utilize these kind of technology. When the technology is intertwined with biology, it can be there can be so many things. And you know, you can easily go on science fiction level things like for example, if you had a computer, um built you know like attached to your brain and or the internet all of internet neuralink
1: neuralink yes. is this that yeah, so just Elon Musk is working that, on Neuralink.
0: Doing exactly that yeah I was gonna mention exactly that the you know that how imagine how powerful it can be. I mean you, you would single handedly get rid of any need for any exams ever because you don't need exams. You just you just need you know need to train your brain to be creative rather than trying to memorize various processes that we currently do, you know, what, what, we, what do we learn in schools and universities? Either method of doing something or information. If you have all of these in your brain straight away, all you need to be confident about is that what you can do with that information or what you can do with that method. And then, you know, you can, you can, have productive output in the society, because the information is there already available in your brain instantly. Um, as long as you can utilize those information and those methods and steps to make something uh, or to put some sort of output, then you know, you, you, that's all you need, really. So that's just one aspect of things. But there could be so many other things that, you know, could enhance on a science fiction level, just by
1: yeah, 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 there Absolutely. is. Uh, if if you look at Neuralink, uh, Elon Musk, I recently he gave a TED talk and he mentioned that Neuralink is basically uh, in the first gen, it's going to help uh, people who are paralyzed. So it's going to be a game changer for people who are paralyzed and it'll help them maybe feel something, maybe move their body parts, etc. So that's going to be the first step. The second step, maybe something else. And I think the final step would be communication. So you just think and then you're communicating. So you don't even have to talk. So you're just communicating with uh, people telepathically.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that's obviously still an proof concept stage, but then yes. there's another science fiction level technology, which has been here for a few years now, the CRISPR technology, where you can actually yes. modify genes.
1: Gene editing. Yes. To,
0: to, to make, go, you know, make un, un, unwanted things go away. Well, I mean, obviously it's not, it's not, as far as I know, I don't, I haven't researched it recently, but as far as I know, you can't do it, on a baby just yet but you could kind of you know theoretically you could decide whether they would be talented geniuses what would be their eye color what would be their height as well as you know any negative traits like allergies and stuff you want to get rid of you can potentially do all of these things in lab right now but, you know, potentially and yes. I mean, And that poses a lot of ethical questions as well. I'm sure the audience are thinking about it right now, that whether you would want to do it or you would want to have your natural baby the, the, the way God intends.
1: So, so science fiction is a very great uh, 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 view uh, to tell people about the implications of a certain technology. So there's a very good film, uh, Gattaca, G-A-T-T-A-C-A, Gattaca. It stars uh, Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman and Jude Law. And it's a Hollywood film. And it's based on the same thing, gene editing. So basically, you uh, create uh, uh, babies And you decide that you want a baby that's exceptionally healthy and exceptionally intelligent and exceptionally good looking. So healthy, good looking and intelligent. What more do you want? And uh, they have the highest uh, chances of, uh, uh, I mean, living as long as possible, etc. So now you have a baby who's this, and then you have a baby who are naturally born, there is no editing and they have birth defects, and they have learning disabilities. They're not that good looking. And now if you live in a world where you have these superior genetically modified human beings and you have inferior natural human beings, how would a society look like? Because if everyone is intelligent, if everyone is good looking, what would a society look like? So that's the question that the film is trying to answer. And uh, it's trying to understand the motivations behind um, these technologies. Very interesting That's, film and uh, very um, thought-provoking.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I, I would definitely want to check it out. Um, I didn't know about this. But yeah, I mean, the thing is, whenever a technology, in, in my view, and this is this is a shortcut when I think of, whenever a technology kind of questions, the privacy, security, or the ethical questions, that is a technology that is going to disrupt the world in one way or another. For example, Uber, when it came um it 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 questioned the you know in a lot of ways it questioned uh, privacy and security not necessarily I, I don't think there was an ethical question in there well there was an ethical question because it was getting the usual taxi drivers out of business uh but I'm just saying, it's just... And and bear in
1: mind, uh, they are gig workers. They were not, I mean, recently the law has been passed that they're employees. But Mm -hmm. when Uber was launched, it was gig workers. So it was not ethical because people Mm -hmm. are using the app to book, uh, to get customers uh, on their cabs, but they're not treated as employees. And Uber is taking a cut for every uh, ride, which is uh, not cool
0: yeah yeah not cool yeah but um yeah i mean this is my hack whenever i'm looking at like startups and trying to understand whether this startup is gonna disrupt the market in future or you know change something i i see that whether they have the potential to make an ethical question you know whether it can be questioned you know the implications of what they're doing is there an ethical question or privacy or security these three things if there is that um, you know, I, I think they're going to disrupt the market, and you know, there, there is a there is a place where you know you probably potentially want to invest or not. But uh, yeah, and in biotech, I feel like there's so many places where you can question that, and you know, and and I feel like it's it's one of the less explored areas of technology. And oh, definitely. I
1: mean, I mean, not less explored because there are a lot of different areas now people are exploring, and uh, so we just talked about say neuralink. So neuralink is something that's implanted in your head, just under your. I think they take a part of your skeleton out and they just implant the chip. Of course, there are tests going on but uh, that's uh, the, the proof of concepts and the prototypes are now being made and uh, researched on then we talked about genetically modified so we talked about genetically modified uh, plants animals what about human beings so that's gene editing it's not happening at the level of babies but uh, you can now edit certain parts of your uh, uh, some cert- certain genetic defects that you have. So suppose you are uh, susceptible to cancer or susceptible to some diseases that runs that are hereditary. So maybe you can try to get rid of it. Of course, it's a very it's a very early stages, but it's uh, being experimented on. So that's gene editing. CRISPR is the technology. We'll mention some links about that. Then we talked about medicines or pharmaceuticals. I think that plays a huge role because, in the end, uh, we are alive because thanks to the uh, technology of medicines. Because medicines have clearly, uh, I mean, increased our lifespans, reduced the number of diseases. And made us more healthy and stronger and intelligent, etc. And it's taking care of many other things. Uh, so medicines are uh, very good. And of course, there is a lot of technology behind researching these medicines, behind researching the molecules, the chemical formulas, etc., to make a new medicine. So there is in 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 pharmacy, in pharmaceutical industry. The biotech part is is a is a huge thing, but there is a chemistry involved because of the chemical formulas that are there in the medicines. So so that's uh, the pharmaceutical side. Then you have the um, what do you say? Uh, I mean, we talked about biomarkers, but there are diagnostic tools uh, where, and then there is in the operation theatre. There are many other tools. We are using 3D printers to manufacture certain parts of our body to be replaced inside rather than putting metals. So suppose you can use a chemical or an enzyme or whatever that is biologically suited to your blood type and your uh, DNA, then you can print it. And then you can put it in your body so that it doesn't attack. Because imagine uh, you put a metal rod or something that's uh, not biodegradable. Over a period of time, it can cause some other issues. So imagine if, uh, suppose they can just look at your DNA and the blood type and they can install something in your body that uh, that works for you, then it's great. And that's the problem with implants. So we, we know that uh, implants are very good because a lot of people they have organ failures they are born with uh, genetic defects where their hearts are not working the lungs are not working liver is not working etc kidneys are kidneys fail etc so in those cases they need a transplant but the problem with a transplanted it, it belongs to someone else and when something else which is foreign to your body is is implanted in yourself then what happens is your body starts attacking it so then you need to take immunosuppressant drugs to Ensure that your body, when it attacks, it doesn't, I mean, kill the organ that's implanted. What if we could create an organ from your blood type, from your DNA, and then implant it? Then your body will not reject it because it's your DNA. It's your blood type. And that's what scientists are working on. And there is this uh, thing called stem cells. So uh, stem cells are basically cells that can be uh, made into any cell. They can be a heart cell, they can be a kidney cell, they can become a liver cell, they can become a lung cell, they can become a brain cell. So stem cells are cells that can become anything. And they are only found in babies. As adults, we don't have stem cells. So when babies are born, they are born with one type of cells, stem cells, and those cells become different organs. And as they grow, those organs develop. And over a period of time, we get rid of all the stem cells. So we want to understand from a biological point of view, why those stem cells are there in the first place and why, they, why we don't have it in the future, so that maybe in the future you can grow your own limb. So suppose you lose a limb, like your arm or your leg, um, in, in some accident, uh, and um, they have to amputate. Now, why can't we regrow? So there are animals in the wild that can actually regrow their tails, that can regrow their limbs. So why can't we do that? What's stopping our bodies to do that? So there is, there is a, a kind of research that's already ongoing to help people, especially war victims uh, and uh, war veterans that have gone through a lot of trauma, that have had a lot of injuries. So if we can uh, help them uh, recover, uh say with their uh, with stem cells that it's a it's a breakthrough technology so there's i mean you might hear about stem cells quite a lot and uh yeah it's it's a very interesting piece of technology that's uh going to revolutionize once we crack it and we will crack it
0: right yeah no this is actually really interesting to know i actually didn't know all of these uh things about stem cells and uh that's actually quite cool that's
1: uh that's why they're called stem cells and uh so uh, it is it has ethical ethical aspects as well so if you want to do research then you need stem cells from embryos not even babies embryos so so of course there is an ethical bit involved how many pregnant ladies would want uh, their uh, cells from their embryos to be researched and taken so those aspects are there so that's why there is very those, the progress has been very slow but if we are able to make progress then it's it's going to be a game changer
0: yeah i absolutely agree and that's uh, I, uh, that is actually quite quite a science fiction kind of uh,
1: yes because uh, imagine i like, mean when, when babies are babies are conceived they don't have any type of cells right they don't yeah. have heart they don't have lungs and something in their body is being made into that and those are nothing but stem cells. So and it's, that's it's a very... like
0: you know, and if you make it as a while you're adult, um, this is like an organ that's made tailor-made for you.
1: Exactly, it's compatible. personalized. Personalized. Uh, what do you say? Healthcare. Mm -hmm. That's also another thing that's happening in the healthcare industry or, uh, I mean, I would not say biotech, it's healthcare more, where the the care that's given to you is very personalized. Because imagine, uh, when you go to a uh, pharmacy, they give you a medicine and they prescribe a dose, but those dose are different for different people. It's different for men. It's different for women. It's different for children. And then it's different for ethnicity. So a black person, a white person, an Asian person, etc. They have different uh, uh, genetic traits. So the medicines have to be tested. So clinical trials are now uh, trying to have more diverse groups because it's found that the dosage that they prescribe earlier was uh, not um, not working for all the different types of individuals you need a different dosage for different types of people so the more diverse group you have during the clinical trials the more better medicines you can make for a broader population than a very specific population
0: right okay these are these are all you know new information to me and it's it's really good to know i mean you know it's good to have this knowledge and hopefully uh, the audience is also as intrigued as I am getting to know all of these things. Yeah, I mean, I, I had uh, kind of limited knowledge on this. Thank you, Amit, for <laughs> enlightening me and the audience. For for for, for yeah.
1: And things. then you also have uh, biomechanics. So, so you have seen these Olympics, like Paralympics and other things, where the people are handicapped and they have, um, they have a leg or they have an arm or they have something attached to their bodies. Uh, it is to enhance their uh, mechanics or their movements. So if they have lost a leg, what if we can attach a, uh, bio, a a mechanical leg which will help them to walk, stand erect, and uh, not be in a wheelchair, wheelchair all the time? Uh, and what if you had different legs for running, walking, waterproof, etc., etc. So those those are the different things, and plus if you are paralyzed, so now there are suits, biomechanical suits, where uh, if you are paralyzed, you might have seen it in movies. Um, I mean Terminator is not the right example, but uh, I would say a mecha bot. Uh, there was a movie that was made, a mechanized robot. So you basically sit inside the robot. I think something like Avatar. Uh, so you sit inside the robot, and uh, you uh, have a lot of uh, weapons, and you can you can walk, run fast, etc. And now imagine you scale it down, but it just suits your body, so it it wraps around you, and then you can stand up. So you give a signal from your brain, and the the suit it stands up, it supports your weight, and then you st- try to give a signal to start walking. So that's another thing that's happening, and, and this is just mechanics part. There are people who are looking at how to uh, uh, bring back eyesight. So our eyes are basically nothing but lenses, and they are sending a signal to the brain to say that, okay, this is what you're seeing. And uh, this is the image at this moment in time. Uh, so uh, this is how you should interact with the environment this is how far the object is this is how the far the object is uh, this is how much velocity the object is approaching and uh, this is the depth uh, so cameras don't have depth so we need to understand how to create recreate depth uh, when we install a camera and then identify Uh, the different elements. So we talked about, I I think we talked about the uh, smart vehicles, uh, electric vehicles. And in that, we talked about cameras, machine vision. But in this case, it has to be something that uh, the humans can interact with. So if they have depth, they know how far or distant the object is.
0: Wouldn't wouldn't two different cameras you know artificially yes
1: yes it can create depth and so, the, that's
0: why we have depth right because we have
1: two eyes we we have two different so if, if you just close your eyes like this i mean if you put your yeah. hands uh, to your you uh, depth, one then, eye then you it, don't have depth you just yeah. have one vision and then the brain merges the two images to give you one single image
0: yeah, absolutely. Because you have two different yeah, images. It's, it's, it's very, uh, there is an interesting, well, I don't know if it's interesting, but fun uh, experiment. If you want to put a thread into a needle with just one eye, you just would not be able to. And you'll see that you're quite far away with two of your fingers because there is no reference point. When you're trying to put one thread into the little hole in the needle, Yes. you need two eyes to see the depth of both of these objects to make yeah. sure that they are aligned.
1: Otherwise, so, it's yeah. very difficult. And uh, I mean, and and then there are people who can't uh, speak. So, like Stephen Hawking, uh, he was paralyzed; he could not speak. So he had uh, machines. He could just point his eyes at uh, some text, and based on that, uh, he could generate text, and that text was converted into audio. So that's how he was able to talk to a lot of people using just his eyes. So that's again technology from a bio biotech point of view. So, I mean, there are so many other things uh, where we are now making nanobots to go inside our body to repair cells. So if something is damaged, uh, we want to go inside, uh, repair it, and then maybe stay there or come out. So yeah, yeah.
0: there are so many interesting things when yeah, I, I, I think recently I've, uh, I've seen another article or a, like a, a video where there are like nanobots which actually attaches to human sperm and then pushes it to to go to the to the ovary and uh, make a pregnancy Maybe. happen. So so <laughs> assisted pregnancy to to a whole new level.
1: And I mean, uh, I mean, even even, uh, I mean, if you talk about IVF, uh, that's uh, kind of like uh, pregnancy at a whole new level. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and absolutely. and uh, tomorrow you might not need even uh, men; you just need sperm
0: or stem cells.
1: Stem cells <laughs> yeah. create a baby. <laughs> I I
0: I think I have heard that well, you know, it it would be apparently a really bad idea to create two types of stem cells, you know, from your own stem cells, if you create, create a clone, a sperm,
1: basically create a clone sperm, or something.
0: Well, it wouldn't be a clone. If, if you create a sperm and the egg from your own stem cells, it's not going to be a clone of yourself.
1: Yeah, um, yeah of course, yeah. It it's something dangerous.
0: <laughs> we don't know,
1: but yeah. So I think, I think cloning is another area uh, where nice. the biotech is involved. So yeah, there is uh, a lot of uh, other things uh, you want to... Um, there are, uh, I mean, we talked about implants, right? But there are, uh, and we talked about uh, biological implants like the organ implants, and then we talked about uh, non-biological implants like a rod in your body, etc. maybe a stent, stent in your heart, et cetera. So those are also uh, bioengineered and there's a lot of research going on on how to make it more, uh, I mean, uh, more elastic maybe. Uh, and more acceptable by the human body, without creating a lot of issues. So I think that's uh, that's very important. So there's yeah, there's a lot of research going on, and I know a couple of people in working in that industry.
0: So this is there's one one kind of uh, concept that I want to touch upon um, is is that you know all the technology that we talk about in all the episodes, you know we we do come across. know good ways of using those and yeah actually bad ways these are all vehicles and whether whoever is driving that is kind of deciding whether it's going to be used in a you know positive way that's beneficial to humankind you know ethically right or or negative way where you know someone's trying to just gain their own personal agenda now um while all technologies have this aspect you know any technology and this is this is what a lot of the time scares me that if you if you are brainy or if you if you study a lot uh in one particular topic you would be an expert on that topic very quickly and then if you're not ethical if you're not an ethical person you could become a very dangerous person yeah, to right, the world very yes easily. and uh, it, it's not even too difficult nowadays all the information are available and yes. you just need to say if if any one person is kind of devoted uh, in one subject, they could become very dangerous very quickly. And what one of the reason I bring it, bring this up in this episode especially is because it's particularly dangerous in anything to do with biotech because it's directly related to us humans and how we survive in our body. I mean, our consciousness needs our body to kind of stay alive
1: and um, Anything so, you know, the, the, I mean, you, you you touched upon a very important point, saying yes, uh, uh, ethically, yes, and it has a uh, lot of implications, and uh, we have to be very careful because it involves our bodies. Um, but the way technology is progressing, and then we've talked about, I think, artificial intelligence in one of our previous talks, and Elon Musk said very um, um, very insightful words, and he said that AI is going to surpass human intelligence, one way or the other. That's it's just a question fine. of when,
0: right? Not, I mean, I wouldn't say that's too insightful. I would, I would, I would predict that. Anyway. No,
1: but, but, but no, that's not the insightful bit. That's, that's the, okay. that's right, the right. first part. Right. The second okay. part is that if we want to uh, be part of that civilization where AI has already surpassed human intelligence, we have to figure out a way to merge with that intelligence. And Neuralink comes there.
0: Ah right okay
1: so how do you merge with artificial intelligence? how do you merge human intelligence with artificial intelligence? so you as you mentioned, if you have everything in a chip in our brain, then we don't have to learn we just have to apply and mm. we have to think creatively right so all the foundation is there now imagine mm. the 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 power of artificial intelligence at your fingertips in your brain and you are actually talking to that intelligence so he he's mm. saying that okay, that part, we are not going to beat. And it's going to surpass. But what we can do is we can merge with that technology, or we can figure out a way to live with that technology, either through implants, either through uh, whatever means, but how do you or you there is a a concept called cyborgs, part man, part machine, the moment you have a implant, you are basically part machine. Mm -hmm. So you're effectively a cyborg. But what if you can actually interact with that artificial intelligence, I think that's a game changer, and that's what that's where the Neuralink direction is. But for now, it will be just focused on uh, people who are paralyzed. But that's the aim. The aim is to merge human intelligence with artificial intelligence merge all this and make it one single consciousness than having two different consciousness right now we have actually several consciousness and we have another consciousness which is the internet so you have the internet and then you have human beings and human beings have their own consciousness and they are not merged together what if after we have a chip the consciousness merges and then we also have the artificial intelligence and that consciousness also we can interact with that's the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Like> the, <laughs> that's, the, that's the god level god level of godlike <laughs> powers but i think that's that's where the future is headed i mean we have seen it a lot a lot of science fiction films we have seen it in matrix that we are trying to interact with the machines the mm-hmm. machines are far more intelligent and superior human beings can interact they can plug it in they can become codes etc so how, how do you uh, interact in a world and uh, how do you live amicably and those questions have uh, have been answered uh, some way or the other through a lot of science fiction films. And in a very up to
0: speculative us. way.
1: Speculative yeah. way, yeah, exactly. So we are not sure how the world will turn out to be. But the, the way the technology is heading, I think we are all headed in that direction. So it's uh, just up to us how we um, I mean, make it ethical, how we regulate it, how we make sure that people are not harmed. I mean, there is something called as biohacking. Not sure if you have heard of that word, but basically, how do you enhance your fitness, or how do you enhance yourself? So, how do you hack your body to make it more efficient, to make it more productive, to make it uh, less tired, etc. So, there are lot. There is this whole thing called biohacking, where you take a uh, certain number of medicines every day so that you get all the nutrients in your body, uh, and then you program yourself. You program your mind to uh, just uh, live with a few hours of sleep etc so it's it's very interesting and we'll share certain links but those are all the things that are currently doing it. it's not just uh, technology that we use on a regular basis but our own bodies are now getting hacked that,
0: that's and, uh, that's quite interesting how do how do i <laughs> How do I get this?
1: <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll share. I'll share some things. So yeah, there are there are a lot of people who are looking at it, and uh, I mean, and when we talk about hacking, imagine uh, when you have an implant in your body and it's talking over Wi-Fi or some kind of elect- some using some electromagnetic waves, mm-hmm. it's talking to some other piece of technology. What if you could intercept? And what if you could block? What if you could stop? Mm. Say you have a smart pacemaker in your heart. Someone sends a virus, stops the pacemaker. Mm. Right? So, anything that's connected to the internet is essentially smart because now it has intelligence. You can interact with it, it can give you information, you can uh, receive information. But that means you can send some information to it to stop working and it can block something. So, that's why, I mean, you have to be very careful when it comes to technology so rinath raised a very good ethical point saying yes technology is good but we have to be very very careful of what we are doing in our bodies or installing or implanting in our bodies
0: and with technology any you know because biotech is a combination of tech and bio a, 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 a powerful aspect of technology is it's usually very easily scalable so if you come up with a technology that is, you know, that affects something or someone, it can probably potentially very easily make it so scalable. So it affects the whole world. Yes. So that's why it's a, a particularly dangerous, I feel, in biotech to to sort of. Uh...
1: And and the, I mean, we just uh, talked about uh, the technology and the hacking part. Imagine what do you have bio weapons? That's also biotech, right? Yes. And some people have this uh, conspiracy theory that uh, COVID is a bio weapon. Because it has the symptom, it it, it gives you flu-like symptoms, Mm -hmm. it uh, gives you pneumonia, it gives you fever, it gives you loss of smell, loss of taste. So it has uh, symptoms of various different diseases combined into one single thing.
0: Yes, and imagine imagine how powerful it could be like, you know, there are, you know, like presidents of various countries, you know, they sometimes receive like, cute, adorable letters from from school children to asking for advice and stuff you know in in shape of that if you send a fatal virus in a inside an envelope and the president opens it in whichever country you know yeah, you yeah yeah have
1: anthrax have and many other things yeah there was a scare yeah. that anthrax and smallpox that we have eliminated it can resurface mm-hmm. because we are preserving it for future uh, uh knowledge just to make sure that okay mm-hmm. in case something happens we have the biologic the biology of mm-hmm. that particular disease but yeah there are diseases or weapons being engineered that can just pass through air. You breathe and you die and you or you touch, you die. And uh, there are weapons being developed by countries and it can be very dangerous. So that's an uh, unethical use of technology. People say it can act as a deterrent, like you develop nuclear weapons so that others don't attack you. So similarly, you d- develop bio weapons so that if in case others attack you, uh, others attack you, you can hit back. But because you have developed something, it can be dangerous if it's leaked.
0: Absolutely. And the reason why it may be even more difficult or more dangerous is because we are bio people. <laughs> <laughs> Biological uh, organisms. Yes, we are multicellular, And we need other organic items to eat to survive. Yes. And... So if you, you know, like when, like if, if for nuclear, uh, you know, things you, you get like underground shelters and stuff. So you, you, you know, avoid the, you know, the heat and the explosion, et cetera. But if it's through if it's, if it's a, if, if a bioweapon is spread across the country with malicious intention, you can't just stop eating and it could just easily spread through food or water or, you know, or air. We exactly. Need as well. So, so that's why it's like extra, extra um, dangerous, and we ought to be uh, cautious, and cautious. And it can
1: be also targeted based on your DNA. Like it just attacks certain kinds of individuals who have certain types of blood uh, blood types. So yes. it can be very specific, very personalized <laughs> form of attack. Uh, just to target one single individual hey, or one hey. single group of uh, a, a community or ethnicity, and hmm. uh, I mean we have seen it in movies. Uh, but I'm I'm sure the the movies also get ideas from somewhere, and I'm pretty sure that weapons might be getting, uh, being developed a, as we speak. But yeah, I mean that's the other side of uh, some <laughs> a, a technology. So it's yeah. bioengineering uh, something. So right. instead of creating a. A weapon that you have to deploy using a lot of chemicals and fuels and explosives. What if you could just deploy it using <laughs> water, <laughs> drinking water?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the bleak side of technology aside, let's let's come back to the positive, sunshiny side of technology. Um, I mean, biotech is has made our lives a lot easier, and it will continue to make our lives a lot you know you actually uh,
1: mentioned about uh, food like we need food so there is now bioengineered food so yes. the vegan the vegan meat that you get i mean it tastes like meat but uh, it has got no animal content in it
0: i am happy vegan lot, 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 um, uh, uh, it, it doesn't have a lot of carbon footprint either
1: exactly so so th- there is a lot of food that we are now consuming that's bioengineered i mean it's not just plants and fruits it's like they call it fake meat, um, and there is now something which is called lab-grown meat. So instead of uh, taking meat from an animal, you take the cell, and then you grow the meat without actually growing the animal.
0: <laughs>
1: so what if uh, that happens? Would you? Then there is that ethical question. Okay, you are not consuming any animal, but no animal was killed. So do you want to then consume meat? Mm, um, yes. So yeah. So there is this concept of lab-grown meat. Uh, which is now uh, becoming very real. And there are a lot of companies who are experimenting with this. My
0: question is, would it stop growing once it's cooked or would it keep growing inside my stomach? I
1: I think when you talk about growth, it means you have control, right? So I'm I'm pretty sure if they are growing it, they would have control of uh, growing meat. And they're not growing an organism. Bear in mind, they're just growing the meat. So suppose there is a meat that's very particular. And uh, just a disclaimer for people who are offended by this because they are plant eaters. Uh, we are just discussing this topic because it's uh, related to biology and there are a lot of meat eaters out in the world and it has uh, and it has a huge impact to our environment. So if something like this is actually, in, if it's made and released to the market, it actually saves a lot of animals. It helps free up the land that's used to feed the animals. And then it reduces the carbon footprint. So that's why we're discussing it. So, yeah. So, I mean, it. it um, you can create a specific uh, part of the animal body or animal meat and then just grow that. And uh, that's what uh, people are looking at. Companies are experimenting with it. And uh, the way our population is growing, I mean... Some people argue that okay, I think uh, Rinad, we, you and me had this discussion last week as well, where we were talking outside the podcast that uh, the, we we may or may not have enough food, but it's actually the politics that uh, and hmm. the globalization uh, that's uh, yeah, yeah. causing hunger. So I mean, and if you if you take that, then it means either we need if if there is a lot of hunger, then we need a lot of food. And if the if there is no hunger and we have enough food, then we need a f- way to figure out how to uh, uh, transport the food or maybe grow our own food at our own uh, localized uh, uh, environment. So it could be like uh, we live in a very dry terrain. It could be extremely cold or extremely hot, but it's dry. And because it's dry, it means you cannot grow certain things. Now, what if you could grow your own food? inside your house. So that's where hydroponics and many other things come into picture where you can actually grow your food. And it's not just plants. Now you can grow your own lab-grown meat. So what if you could grow your own meat? So then in a very dry place where you have access to less water, less nutrients, what if you could now have a sustainable life? And what if you could take all this and then go to Mars? And then then replicate all that and then provide enough food for yourself?
0: I think part of uh, lab-grown meat is also the, the environment around it that we kind of take for granted a lot of the times. So, I mean, it, uh, there's an interesting um, thought, exp- not thought experience, a reality, just a thought that I, I've come across a few days ago that um, when, you, when a tree grows into just from the starting point to a massive tree, it doesn't, you know, that, that mass is not taken from the soil because then there would be a big hole in the soil
1: it's carbon all
0: of it is from the air
1: carbon dioxide
0: nitrogen and and
1: carbon yeah carbon yes um
0: but a lot of it is nitrogen as well as far as i i mean i might be remembering a you know, uh, not, not, not. But you're right.
1: I mean, uh, plants so act as a carbon capture device carbon or a nitrogen capture.
0: Grown meats are also relying on, on air a lot of the time. So Mars lab-grown meat, I don't know for sure, but it certainly is a modifiable technology, which can be probably adapted to, to that in the future. Yeah.
1: No, I, yeah, I think, yeah, you raised a good point that yes, you need air because uh, on earth, most of the carbon is in solid form. And on Venus, most of the carbon is in gaseous form. That's why Venus is one of the hottest planets in the solar system. Um, It has a greenhouse effect because there is so much of carbon in the air. It acts as a very big greenhouse and it just keeps getting more hot because there is no way of the heat escaping. Um, But on Earth, what happens is the plants, the animals, we are essentially carbon Carbon-based uh, beings. Carbon-based yeah. carbon uh, organisms. We trap a lot of uh, carbon. So when we die, the carbon goes back to the soil. But if we try to burn a lot of these fossil fuels in a huge amount, then we add the carbon back into a gaseous state. And that traps the heat and that causes greenhouse effect. And that's what's happening so, I mean, we started with biotech, but we ended up with global warming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it is related in one way or another. But no, this, this has been a really good conversation, really. I've, I've learned a lot. Thanks, Amit, for, for all of these insights and information. Hopefully, the audience also had a good um, you know, um, good talk and uh, learned and, you know, generally been aware of what could happen. And as, as with any technology, it's, it's always good to know what has been done what hap- what's happening right now and what could happen in the future so you know it, it i think these knowledges actually affects our lives in, in directly and sometimes you know in many ways indirectly as well but uh, so there, that's why I, I always encourage people to gather more knowledge uh through potentially the starting point could be our podcast and then you go away and do more research on it and you know let us know what you found even uh we would be quite happy to get the feedback and anything that you've done with uh, with with you know from getting the knowledge from here etc so yeah um hopefully you guys have enjoyed it and you guys keep hopefully we'll keep coming back to our episodes uh uh, we are looking at getting more guest appearances in our you know uh, soon uh, near future episodes so uh, stay tuned And uh, thank you thank you everyone.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot everyone thanks for tuning in and uh, thanks for listening to us. Uh, we are always excited to host these talks and talk about technology because that's a passion and we hope you enjoy these as well. So yeah, keep listening, keep subscribing and uh, share your feedback. Thanks a lot. Enjoy.